I just want to know if you you brought in new dogs to bring some extra power to make those babies climb, or or if your bears were just getting lazy. You know, I don't think they were lazy. It's just uh, just how it all kind of worked out this year. Um, I really can't uh, put my finger on what the, you know, we had the same crew of dogs. I did have another fella helping me out with his dogs, but they're, uh, you know, they're no grittier than mine. So I really don't know. I think we just got lucky and got some of those bigger male bears to climb this year. Right. No, I know it's always blown my mind, like how many of them just don't climb out there. Yeah. And then you started sending pictures this season and it's like, Oh, there's finally one that treed, and the next one was in a tree, and the next one, and the next one. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think a lot of it's like I, I think we maybe mentioned before, just the habitat. They, for some reason, they they feel safer on the ground, and I, generally, when you're dealing with those bigger male bears, they they played the game before, and they're they're not going to climb. But um, you know, we we did put a few of the no real giants. I mean, you know, three hundred pound. 350 maybe class bears that we did get to climb which is which is always nice <laughs> it, cut, it oh, cuts yeah. the stress level down that's for sure no kidding yeah did you guys get a lot of like natural feed this year or late feed yeah crazy um acorns and beech nuts like we haven't had in a long time i mean there's still there'll be bears out till you know end of december i'm guessing i mean uh, you know they're they're still out and all over right now i'm seeing all kinds of bear sign deer hunting and and getting them on my deer cameras so um you know they're they're out and about so then there was there was a lot of everything this year for the bears for natural feed which made it hard you know to get them to come to the baits um a lot of the pictures we'd get on the Mm -hmm. cameras were just bears walking by not even eating any bait but just traveling yeah with the dogs that's all that's all you need is just a you know one walking by. <laughs> yeah, it's nice if you got a full stomach, but we'll take one that's empty. Yeah, we'll work with whatever we get there. Yeah, that's how it was out here too. Like there was a lot of feed. I know, like Colby from Bear Hunting Magazine, he was out here hunting with some guys, and they had some success. I got skunked. I mean, I didn't put in a ton of time, but usually out here in the fall, it's it's pretty good bear hunting, right? you know, for spot and stock anyway. And the feed was just all over. So they weren't, you know, isolated. They weren't like in their, their normal spots per se, like even spots where you used to see a bunch of bears in, you know, you might see one or two over the season. Yeah. It's- but we've got a huge acorn crop too yeah. this year. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What happened? It seems that what you know, I've heard that kind of all over the country, really. The guys I talked to everywhere, it seems like there was just a lot of natural feed mm-hmm. this year. I, I know over here, East Coast, we had a ton of rain. Uh, I mean, a ton of rain. All, yeah, you know, basically from June, you know, right even now, it, it's been uh, very wet. So that obviously helps with the natural feed. But Right. Yeah. It's been a weird year for me. I didn't get to do as much hunting as I wanted to do, but we're getting the dogs back out finally. So that's nice. Yeah. I just, I miss having bear meat in the freezer. This is the first year we haven't had bear meat in the freezer in a while. So I got another month and a half if they're still roaming around. And I've been hearing from a bunch of buddies deer hunting, you know, they're still out. They're seeing them running across the road in front of them. Yeah. No, they, they are here too. And, uh, you know, some years by, you know, mid October, we're, 
our bears are, are done there. When there's no natural feed, when there's no nuts, it's basically beech nuts and acorns that keep them out here. But when we don't have nuts, they're, they're gone and it gets uh, very slim pickings. You know, you get a few young males still roaming around. That's about it. But this year is a different game. The bears are, they're all still out. So we had, you know, the, the late October hunting was awesome. I mean, we were just, the dogs were, you know, the dogs were hard and the bears were getting a little fat on them and we were banging them out pretty good there. It's always blown my mind. The, like the frame of a bear, like judging them and telling the difference, like in this, if we draw a spring tag versus a fall tag, how much they can really put on in just like, two months yeah yeah it's crazy how you know it's almost like overnight here you know we obviously yeah. we're skinning bears every day basically and it's all of a sudden it's like wow this one's got a lot of fat on it. and then just bang all of a sudden they're they went from no fat to gaining it real fast so they're amazing critter. yeah all amazing of a sudden animal. two and a quarters three you know three and a quarter it's like holy crap <laughs> yeah yeah they're amazing creature that's for sure <laughs> Do you not have much fat on your bears like early season then? It all depends on, you know, if there's a year with with no natural feed, they they you know, they get fat quick early and and um, you know, when we're bait hunting in September there, the especially the sows, the bread sows, I mean, they will be loaded with fat early because they're going to go to den, you know, first and and have cubs or whatever, but so it really varies year to year. You, you know, you don't know what you're going to get until Mother Nature dictates what we're what we're going to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was always one of my biggest disappointments. Is I'd never killed a bear that had any fat. Really, you know, like when we would go to California, you get late in the season. Those bears, you know, you were skinning them twice. Yeah, because you were taking so much fat off of them. And I, you know, my buddies, they'd always feed it to the dogs or render it down, you know, mm -hmm. that's what got them through cat season Yeah, and used it for boot weatherproofing and, you know, all kinds sure. of stuff. And every bear I've ever killed was like, looked like a deer. Yeah. I mean, there was just no fat on it at all. And I was pretty bummed. Yeah. I just, I don't know around here. We don't get real cold though. You get, you get some pretty harsh conditions up there. We do. I mean, it's been cold. Um, you know, the past couple of weeks, but that doesn't seem to really, it doesn't really seem to affect them. It's all about feed. You know, if they're, if they're still getting plenty to eat and they cold doesn't seem to bother them too bad. Yeah. Well, how long, how long is your bear season out there? So the bait hunting always starts the last Monday in August. And, um, so we can hunt four weeks of bait and then, the dog season kicks in, um, the third week. <clears throat> and then, so we can go till basically the end of October, just before the end of October with the dogs. So it's a decent season. Yeah. Yeah. And I you're hunting how many guys a week? Six or seven weeks of dog hunts. And I try to cram most of my bait hunters in the first couple of weeks to get that out of the way and then get after them with the dogs. How many clients do you run through a year, you think? About 75 between bait and hound hunts. That's crazy. Yeah. it's. Is it a pretty even split? No. Like, do guys want to go with dogs over over bait a lot of times? Um, I usually try to take, like, my, my bait hunts, I'll usually run, like, 20 hunters a week the first two weeks. 
And then I might take a few bait hunters the third week, but then after that I just run hound hunts, and it's mostly like four hunters a week. I usually end up taking like 25 hound hunters um, through the course of the season. That's cool. Yeah. And same pack of dogs. Like you're not one of those guys that splits kennels either. Well, I have, you know, myself, and then I have two other guides that run for me with their packs of dogs. And um, I have another fellow there that helped me out this year with his dog. So, but we usually kind of, you know, we end up splitting up, you know, two hunters per group, um, two and two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, by the end of the week, we're kind of all working together to get the last bears. So we usually, we usually are able to get four in a week, most weeks. Wow. Without. Uh, it's crazy. As long as you don't have too many train wrecks. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And, and we're going <laughs> to, we're going to dive right into that one. I, I really didn't want to ask you this, but you said you were okay to talk about it. So I think it's, it is really important. You had a major, I'm not even going to say what I really think of it, but a major train wreck with one of your clients this year. Yeah, I did. It was, um, you know, I've been doing this <clears throat> 25 years now and, you know, I've had some, you know, many dogs banged up. I had two this year, you know, training season and, and then in kill season that were banged up pretty pretty bad but nothing like this so anyway we'll um we'll go down the rabbit hole the uh, start the saga yeah so anyway it was the uh i can't it was like the first part of first week of october maybe and i had four hunters and we had you know three all tagged out and it's friday the last day of the hunt and we had this one guy left and um so we kind of just teamed up me and the my other guides and um I guess we had a track. It was like an eight-hour-old track, and I guess I can take a dig at the walkers right here. So anyway, my guy Dale told me that God's for me. He's he's got walkers, and he has this couple really good dogs, and they couldn't get the track going anyway. So I, my Reba dog's an English dog, and I said, "Well, she'll get it started." And anyway, she got the bear started, <laughs> and uh, well, she's just a she's an amazing dog. She just I, one of the better dogs I've ever seen at starting tracks, but. So anyway, she gets this bear going and um, kind of how I use her is I, she's so good. I just try to protect her basically and we'll let her start tracks. And, the, sure. and then the first chance we get, we'll grab her. And um, she knows the game now. Like she'll she'll, oh, sure. she'll hit the first road and she just kind of comes to me now. And anyway, so we'll, we'll pack on the younger dogs, which we did. And so we get down, I think, I can't remember just who, but the um, – they went the bear, they took him up over a mountain and, um, got him caught and he started walking and baying. And, um, so it was my chief dog, uh, two of Scott's dogs and, uh, Dale's Bella dog, a plot anyway. And they, so they had this bear walking and baying and he, he came right up to the edge of the road and, um, he knew we were there. He wouldn't step out. So he went back into the, it was just real nasty swamp, Jack furs and, stuff you can hardly crawl through it's thick out there yeah very and uh so i told this guy this guy he's just you know he's a rich arrogant you know money rules the world type of guy and uh i told him i said we're gonna go in and we're gonna look the situation over and if the dogs are clear you shoot the bear in the head and i'll tell you to shoot Okay, so we we go in there only 60 yards off the road 
And uh, we go in and it's the bear's kind of laying down under like a um, like a dead tree that was leaning. And he's laying on his belly and the dogs are all around him, just circling and darting in and out. And it's super thick. And I'm saying to myself, there's no way that we're going to shoot here. Just because right. it's, you know, obviously in a bait situation, you can't grab the dogs and get them out of the way. And so basically right. the, you get the, the bear and then we're probably... 12 maybe 15 yards from it tops and um at that point like the bear stands up and then the dogs kind of dove in tied it to him and then he just laid right back down he was you know wasn't an, an aggressive bear at all it was a good you know it's probably close to 300 pound bear but not aggressive he just laid, but not honoring no he just laid right back down on his belly under that log and my chief dog he kind of dove right in and was like basically on his belly in the bear's face, baying him. So you have the bear chief, me probably to 10, 12 yards behind chief. And the guy's kind of right off my left shoulder, right in a line and bang, his gun goes off. And I just like, I, it was instant shock. Like what the hell just even happened? Like, you know, a gun just went off and I look and chief, you know, he's dead. Just guy shot him right in the back of the head. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man. So that was, uh, you know, and of course he chief wasn't a shithead. <laughs> he was, uh, right. He was out of my own breeding. He goes back to my Susie dog. He was, uh, you know, four years old and just cranking, cranking bear dog. Yeah. He was in his prime. Yeah. And not only, this is the worst part. Not only was he a phenomenal bear dog, he was a cat dog. <laughs> so that's, you know, I can make yeah. bear dogs you know, not a problem. I can train bear dogs all the time with ease, but making a cat dog is a, you know, you know, you're a cat hunter. It's a different story. And, uh, so that was a, well, I, don't, I ain't no cat hunter. I'm not good enough. <laughs> you know, the game. I just try to chase them every once in a yeah, while. Well, you know, you know what it takes and a bobcat dog and a oh, bear yeah. dog's a whole different animal. And this dog could do it all. They're so. totally different dogs. They most are, of the time. but this dog could do it all. So, you know, it's a, one of them things that it's a long time getting over and you'll never, you know, you can't replace him. You, you just hope to hope to make another one that uh, fills his shoes, but it's a tough yeah. one. Man, you got some, you got some serious PR skills. Cause I didn't read about you in the newspaper. So <laughs> good on you. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I I, I had a few of the. Local I felt so game bad wardens, for you, man. The few of the local game wardens said we expected to come have to arrest you that day, but I I maintained. <laughs> yeah, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's huge. No, you have to. I I couldn't imagine being that guy. And and I've told this story before, but I'll I'll reiterate a short version. My very first bear, I was told, don't shoot till we tell you, yeah. you know, well, bears climbing out of a tree. I shot it. You know, it was instinct. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, it's like at that point in time, you didn't think anything of it. And now it's like, holy cow, yeah. like that could have caused some major, major train wrecks. Yeah. And it, instead of a train wreck, it was a rodeo, but I mean, luckily nobody got hurt, yeah. but it's a different respect. And I guess that just goes to show, like I was more in a. I don't want to say a client frame of mind because I had dogs, you know, I was, I was hunting and I was in it, but I didn't understand what this was all about or the bigger scale. 
I just couldn't imagine. Like, I hope that guy felt like absolute dog crap. Oh, I'm sure he did. It, um, you know, it's a, it's not a good situation for anybody. Obviously, you know, he didn't mean to do it. I honestly think he, I think he was scared. You know, the story he told Mm -hmm. my guide was like complete bullshit. I mean, he, he told the guy, the, the bear was, um, trying to attack us and that I had a hold of two dogs and I motioned for him to shoot. So it's like, Oh, yeah. you know, he was totally, I think he was freaked out when the bear stood up and we were that close to it. Sure. Probably never been, obviously never been in that situation. And it, uh, I just don't know what he was thinking. There was no possible way for a shot there. And, but it's, um, and that's a long ways out even. Like 12 yards, if you've never been on a bait one, like that's a long ways out to shoot. Right. There's a lot that can happen. Yeah. 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 He, he said the dog, you know, jumped in front of the bullet. It's like, oh, the dog, yeah, dog sure was did. laying in front of the bear barking in his face. <laughs> uh, Man. Yeah. That, I just felt for you, bud. It, uh, I, he was, I knew he wasn't like a, an old, old dog, but did you get any pups off of him? No. No. He was, um, so let's see, I'd made that cross twice with Captain and Tango, and he was out of that cross. And I, his littermate, Chaga, the brother and sister, those two dogs are, you know, phen- both phenomenal dogs. I think she's she's actually better than him. Um, just incredible. And you still got that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's incredible stamina and cat and bear dog. Just she's got wheels and can, uh, but she doesn't really like, a mean bear on the ground and he would stay with one all day. So this, you know, mm-hmm. one of those things that you put the two of them together and you got, you got it all, but <laughs> the, yeah. the more I bear hunt, the more I like cat hunting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I will say, you know, switching over to running the Fox. It is nice to just go out on a Tuesday night, throw dogs in, not have to worry a whole lot. I mean, your worst worry is somebody coming up the road. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had like I had the first major freak out uh, I've had in the woods in a long time about a week ago. And I had just I started a fox. They weren't even really opening on it, but they were trailing it off this ridge. And then all of a sudden, you know, I heard one dog kick off a couple barks. Nothing really like nobody was really moving real fast. It, like I didn't think they had it lined out. And then all of a sudden, you know, they jumped. So it must have been held up somewhere and then all of a sudden i hear this god awful shrieking i mean worst sound i've ever heard in the woods and i thought i just had a dog you know we have blowdowns down here right like those big pine trees and dug furs i thought she had ran into something like that because there's nothing else really around there it's just it's open ground with some down trees and you know it's not bluffy or anything and then i realized that it was just the dog's voice. Cause I haven't <laughs> had her open on a jump track yet. And Oh my God, dog's going to be a phenomenal dog. I think yeah. I'm really, really liking her. And I got her from a guy. He knows who he is and he's listening to this. And I know I've told you this, but I really appreciate it. And she's a very nice dog, but God is her mouth awful. Yeah. And that was like, I thought about it and I thought, God, remember when we used to go turn loose and you were just like, it wasn't nervous, I guess, but it was always on the edge of your mind. Like, who are we taking to the vet? Right. Or yeah. like, what's going to happen? I totally get the cat hunting thing, man. Yeah. It, like I, 
there's nothing like the thrill of a bear hunt, though. No, it's it's adrenaline, and and but the other part of the equation, like just guiding, you're you're always under pr- pressure to produce, and that's the mm-hmm. that's what gets to me. Um, you know, if I can go hunting with my dogs by myself, then I'm in heaven, no matter what I'm chasing. Right. Um, but just when you got these guys and you're you're just under, you know, they're paying you. So you're under pressure to produce and it's just, you get some guys that just aren't capable of, of, you know, doing what they need to do on their end. And that's, it just, you know, the dogs are in harm's way with bears and it's just a different. Yeah. We talked about that last time, I think. Yeah. Like a client, he couldn't, he wasn't physically able to get to a tree or or whatever it was. Yeah. And I deal with that with cat hunts too, with guys, but you know, whatever the dog catches a cat and bays it, it's probably going to come out of there with maybe a couple scratches but not uh right not a not a speed trip to the vets <laughs> no 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 it, so i mean i know you enjoy cat hunting a lot yeah but you do guide cats too and then you take off and you do your own hunting yeah that you know i guide the cat hunts all went along the bobcat hunts and i and i do i I enjoy that more than the bear hunting, but cat hunting's always been my passion. I mean, that's, I started out as a cat hunter, I guess, and just from my dad was a cat hunter and that's where I learned the game. And, um, that's, you know, if I could just chase cats, that's what I do, but you know, doing now I've got into a little bit of this chasing the bigger cats, I guess. And that's really been pretty intriguing to me too. So. Yeah. You just do it all, man. Are you guiding the deer hunts too? Like your fishing guide, your bear, your bobcat? I do. Yeah, I got a few deer hunters. Not many. Um, I'm all, I just wrapped up last week with that, and now I I um, get to try to try to shoot one myself, which I do enjoy. That it's you know, like it goes back to just I'm able to go off in the woods and kind of do my own thing. Which be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I'm not babysitting anybody. Um, and I do, you know, even with the hound hunting, that's my favorite. Um, I know hound hunting can be a social event for some people, but for me, I just, if I can just go off in the woods and with my dogs and I'm in my happy place. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, you know, I took a trip out West last, last, and after cat season last year. And that was just, that was awesome. Just me and the dogs and kind of winging it, but it was, that's kind of the way I like to hunt. That's when the magic happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Magic. I know that's what me and my buddy have been talking. We're, we're wanting to get to Nevada. We're wanting to, you know, start putting in for our Idaho permits. And we've kind of just put it off and put it off. And finally, it's like, now done putting it off. I just got to put a day on a calendar. And if it's bad weather, good weather, it doesn't matter. Just got to go. I gotta just... Well, I want to catch a lion. Yeah. I mean, honestly it's it's not that far you know like my buddy he's down in nevada he's like five six hours from me it's just getting dogs to run them like i can guarantee you there are dogs in my pack that wouldn't even look at a lion i mean no interest so then you're relying on puppies to like quote unquote trash i hate saying that but like we don't run them here yeah so it's like eh, this is just rough i just need to go down and see my buddy and it was go see some pretty cats. When I went out, you know, it was kind of a um that's kind of similar to what I 
first encountered with, you know, the first lion track I showed my dogs, they were kind of like, looked at me like, all right, am I supposed to do this? I'm like, yeah, go get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was still a learning curve. I mean, it's, it's totally different. It's completely different hunting. I mean, the, it's all, you know, the trailing and a lot of dry ground and rock and all that stuff was, it took my dogs a little bit to get acclimated to what we were, what the hell we were doing out there. <laughs> but once they, right. once, how long were you out there? Ah, uh, I can't remember a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, they about, acclimate it, pretty quick. You know, the, the elevation, I think frigged them up a little bit. Um, in the beginning, it's so dry. Like, I mean, it, it did me a little bit cause I'm, yeah. I don't drink water like very seldom here, but out there, I mean, I couldn't drink enough water and my dogs were the same way. Like some of my dogs, I have a hard time getting them to drink water here, but man, they, they just pounded it out there. And, and I think the elevation, you yeah. know, it took them a little bit to adjust to that. And then obviously the terrain, you know, it's totally different. It couldn't be any more different, but no, <laughs> but once they, <laughs> no, you couldn't. Paul. Yeah. But once they, you know, once they figured out what we were doing and what we were, that we weren't supposed to be chasing elk, that was the, kind of the first day hiccup. And uh, once they, what is it with elk and moose, man? I'm telling yeah. you, like kryptonite. Yeah. Both times I've been out west, my every dog I've taken with me, the first chance they get, man, they want to burn an elk. And, uh, but yeah. it only takes once, you know, to correct them. And then that's out of their mind. But, but once they get used to the, if the country and. <laughs> all that they seem to figure it out we we did get you know a nice one trade eventually and that's <laughs> so that was good what was uh what was the jump race like was it a very long one no or was it mainly that, just to trailing? me like the what i loved about it was the trailing part watching the dogs learn and watching them like trail yeah. through that rock and all that stuff and hitting the track and going and then go down there and be like damn they do get a line track you know, and that was the most rewarding to me, but, you know, we chase bobcats here and the chase is like, that's where it's all, what it's all about. And right. it goes on for hours sometimes, you know, just tight circles and figure eights and all that stuff. So the, the actual lion chase, you know, I mean, I followed the tracks the last couple hundred yards where I could see them in the snow. And I think the lion just heard the dogs coming and went up a tree. There really wasn't any chase there. So yeah, <laughs> that part's. I mean, it's awesome to see that big cat in a tree, but the chase part is, and I'm, you know, I don't even know what I'm talking about because I haven't done it enough, but, you know, from the other guys <laughs> I've talked to, you know, the chase part isn't much of it. It's all about getting on the right, the right track and, you know, and getting up it's on the them. trailing. Yeah. But the trailing part was just phenomenal to me. That was watching the dogs figure that out was just awesome. Yeah. I, I miss, I mean, I don't have any dogs like that right now you know, that will like sit and grub and go maybe, maybe one or I would say one. And then there's a younger one that's coming up that just here recently has been like really showing me she's going to want to do that. Mm -hmm. But you know, you talk to those guys down there in the Southwest and I mean, they're chasing a lion track for three days before they can get it jumped. Right. That's, that's so insane to me. That would be the greatest just disappear. And set out on a mission and you just stick with it and it's like man and beast. Yeah. You you're helping them, they're helping you. Yep. I think it'd be awesome. That that was the best to me. And that's just like I said, I guess I'm kind of a loner that way. But I think that when I trade the first day I found his track, it was about 
it was at least two days old, you know, judging it, maybe a little older, but I was like, damn, that's a big, big cat. We're going to trail him. And we did, we trailed him like three miles, but we kind of figured out what the deal was there. You know, he was living in this Canyon and I just stuck with it and and caught him right and, and got him caught. But that, um, to just walk off in the, you know, the mountains like that out there with, with dogs and you don't hear anything or see anything, but other wildlife is pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty special. We don't have, I mean, we're, like we're remote reset. here, but we're not that remote. You know what I mean? You, you know, you're not going to walk three directions in any mile without hitting a logging road. It's all logging roads and stuff, but we're not that remote. right. <laughs> yeah. It's like a reset when you get out there. Yeah. To me, it's like after about three days, because I enjoy taking, I usually take a week for deer season off Mm -hmm. or elk season or something, you know, and I'll head over to Eastern Oregon. And it's like after day three, it's a different feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like you're going feral. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole different mindset and it is really enjoyable. Yeah. I didn't want to come home. I can tell you that. Oh, I told my wife, if it wasn't for you and the kids, I'd never leave that place. Right. Like no phones ringing. <laughs> yeah. I love all my customers, but I'll be honest. It was nice to not have a phone in my ear for a couple of days and, yeah. and just get out and slow things down. And I needed it. I need that yearly. I call it my walkabout. Yeah. I hear you. It's, it's nice to decompress and just go uh, do a little me time. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So what are, are you getting ready? Are you already running cats? Are you open for training season yet? No. So our cat season comes in December 1st, but you know, when we have no training season, we can't train on them. So so our season's December 1st of February 21st, but the December, you know, our, our conditions up here suck now, really. We, I mean, even all winter, we just don't get. The pet, well, I should say the past five winters, we um, we just don't get good snow anymore. It seems like we might get a day of good snow, and then it, you know it warms up and it freezes. Or most of our storms lately, they seem to like, you know, you get snow and then it turns to sleet and freezing rain and everything crust up and freeze over. We deal with a lot of that. Um, so I don't know. The December is like kind of a wash. So I probably bug out of here in December and head west but um you know january february is the heart of our cat season here and um you know you get like i said i you know if i have hunters five day hunt it's like you seem like you get one good day of running and damn it you gotta get it done in those in that day yeah or else their feet are yeah worn out you do and you gotta really kind of you know that's the other thing you gotta what you know one day of bad crossing your, your dogs are wrecked for the season they don't if you go to hunt them every day they don't recover from that. So um, it, it's, right. it seems like it's getting tougher and tougher here every winter. Um, and our cat numbers aren't probably all that great now, I wouldn't say, up where I am. Um, it's just weird, the dynamics, the way it's changed here in the state. The, um, you know, like southern Maine, central Maine, where it's very populated, there's tons of bobcats now. But up here, you know, it's like, we're kind of right on the line now of the links where the links have like taken over and like pushing them out. I, that's my theory. Um, 
some of the biologists will argue with me, but I think they're wrong because <laughs> I've seen it. I mean, <laughs> we, can get that, yeah. we can get down that rabbit hole too. But, you know, I, I used to hunt. That's kind of how many days you're in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I've said that to a few of them before. But, you know, I used to hunt western Maine a lot over in the western mountains of Maine, and there was a lot of bobcats. And now it's like it's literally nothing but lynx. I mean, you can't find a bobcat mm-hmm. track and it's getting, we're kind of where I am. We're kind of right on the line. Um, you know, a lot of, I mean, I can go out some days and I'll find five, six links tracks before I find a bobcat track. So that, you know, and then I, my hunters really? are kind of looking at me funny, like well, what's up with this. <laughs> so, um, that, and we, you know, we've had the problem of just some younger guys just, killing for the sake of killing with the bobcats and that's obviously affects the population so that's rough on population it is and you know it it irritates me but what are you gonna do you try to educate them but it's like they just talking to a a hard lesson to teach somebody it is you know it's this day and age that people want to you know go kill a cat and make sure the pitch is on facebook within 20 minutes and it's um it's a hard hard mentality to break. <laughs> it's um it's a hard one. It is. I mean really because like everybody like how I look at it is it's season you got a tag like if you have a tag um like whatever. You know, I'm not going to knock on somebody, I guess. But I think it's when you find a different respect for the game. Yeah. You know, like I went out the other night and caught a fox yeah it was a, it was a nice fox thought about it and i'm like no we'll just, we'll leave him yeah came back you know a couple hours later i hit the same fox on a different you know different spot he had came out and moved on and i thought you know that was worth every bit of it that's yeah and that's how i am i usually i mean will not shoot one out to my dogs um no uh, maybe a couple like a couple a year maybe i know i went Four years without killing a single piece of game. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to that point where, I mean, when I was younger, I used to kill some cats, but now I'm like, you couldn't pay me to shoot a bobcat. I just have zero interest. And, yeah. you know, it's like they're there to chase another day. And, I mean, I've only ever killed one bear in my life when I was like 18. And I, I mean, I've finished a little long. Really? <laughs> I've finished a lot off for clients, but I, um, I just have no interest. And it seemed like, you know, lion out west is everyone was asking me like, Jason, did you shoot that lion? I'm like, no, what the hell am I gonna do with it? You right. know, I just You eat it. Yeah, it just Paul, you eat yes. it. Yes. Well, there is that. And someday I probably will shoot one, but I just I don't right. know. I, I just like chasing stuff. Watching the dogs It's about the chase. It is, and the seeing the young dogs progress and do their thing, it's like that's what it's all about. If you kill it, you're, it's not there to yeah. chase tomorrow. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird balance. You know, I mean, what's what's the hair population up where you're at? Is that mainly what them lynx are eating on? Yeah, or are they, it is. They feeding on the deer. No, the lynx don't seem to bother the deer. The bobcats will, but the lynx, I don't know, pretty docile. See, that's weird to me. Curtis, yeah, they they definitely are into the, the hairs and our population of those really fluctuates, you know, it's up and down. Um, yeah. And the, the links seem to kind of move around, but they're so damn efficient, like, especially in deep snow, if you get into, and I saw that in Western Maine with high, high, you know, 
hair populations, you know, in these like regen plantations we have. And those lynx would move mm-hmm. in, man, and they would just wipe them out. And then they'd move on to the next one. Oh, Whereas yeah. the bobcats, they're not, when the snow gets deep, you know, they, they're more apt to go to the deer yards here where there's big right. deer trails and that's where they, they will live. But it was kind of a whole thing where a deer population got low. And then, you know, the, so that's when everything kind of changed. It seems like the lynx kind of exploded. The bobcats went down and it doesn't seem like the bobcats have really recovered. They haven't recovered in the, the northern half of the state. I mean, there's, it's legal to kill a bobcat, but God damn, I'd pay someone a lot of money if they could find me a bobcat track in the, like the whole North Main woods. Right. They're just not there. You know, they, they are not there. Yeah, it's crazy how it changes year to year. Yeah. You know, like when you see a trend, what about coyotes? They move in and, and push the cats out too, or they, they you really have coyote problems? We have a lot of coyotes, but I mean, I, we have coyote dogs too, and we, we get after those. You know, some guys say that that was why the bobcats stopped treeing in Maine was because the coyotes were chasing them. But I've never in my life seen where a coyote has chased a bobcat. So I don't buy that one. Um, <laughs> I just, you know. I got to agree with you. I've never seen a bobcat track with a coyote nope, track. Well, I've never seen it. May, maybe in the same area. <laughs> They're in the same area. And they, I've noticed some, like, if there's a lot of coyotes that maybe move into an area, the bobcats will shift. And they'll, you know, if there's a family mm-hmm. of bobcats, say, in this area, yes, they will move some, maybe just to eliminate so they're not in such competition. But I don't think the – they might displace them a little, but, you know, a lot of times, and especially around the deer yards late in the winter when we're hunting those bigger tom bobcats, they're right there with the coyotes. And I've seen a lot of trail cam pictures yeah. in the last few years where bobcats and coyotes on these baits guys put out. And most of the time the bobcat wins, he, he'll own the bait, you know, mm-hmm. he has a lot of weapons. <clears throat> yeah. 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 No kidding. That's so are you getting ready? Did you say you were going on another trip? I think this, or are you just headed back West? I think I'm going to, you know, once my deer season wraps up here and uh, as long as this, you know, my, my dogs aren't, uh, you know, they're not that good at the game yet. So I'm going to need a little snow, but if there's some snow out there somewhere, I don't really have any specific destination in mind, but you know, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, somewhere that way, I'll probably load the dogs up again and just uh, hit the road. (laughs) Going to walk about. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Just loading the dogs up, man, driving across the country and then going out there to chase stuff is pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope you have a good cat season, man. You know, hopefully it goes a lot better than the the, the bear season. You know, (laughs) just it's a, um, oh, it'll be fine. It's just fighting conditions. You know, we're in this whatever El Nino pattern where they say that we're going to get a lot of snow this winter. And hopefully they're right. You know, we'll see. Yeah. That's, you know, with us, it's all about any cat hunting, I guess, is all about conditions. And, um, you know, yeah, I can travel. I travel all over to cat hunt too. So um, I kind of go where the best snow is. And there's parts of the state where there are real good cat numbers still. And if I get snow there, I can, I can have some great hunts, but you can get on a cat. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I can find cat tracks about every day 
without problem. But, you know, back when my dad was, he kind of got out of it. Let's see, kind of in the mid 80s, I guess, late 80s. And, you know, he said sometimes they'd ride for like three days and not even find a track, which really? that's rough. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had some tough weeks guiding, but not that tough. <laughs> You know, to me, if you're not seeing tracks, that's the worst. Like yeah. seeing old tracks is frustrating. Right. But at least you can convince yourself that you're just one minute closer to the move. Yeah, you know that. One minute if, closer. They're going to move. At least you know one's in the neighborhood, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be three, four days before that stupid thing moves, but it's going to happen. And it, that's what keeps you going. Then you drive through these just desolate <laughs> nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, well, I hope you have a good trip, man. If you ever want to meet up somewhere. Yeah, no, we, we definitely got uh, <laughs> to get together one of these days and chase some bobcats or something for sure. Yeah, man, I want to make it out there bear hunting one of these years, to be honest. It's, yep. it's been a long time. Last one was 2012 since we you know, were able to hunt with dogs in California right. for bear. So, yeah, I and you guys... I had a buddy who actually drove out there. Like he hauled his dogs from Idaho yep. out there to go bear hunting. I think, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get some of these trashy little ones on a road trip and, and see if we can get them to take one. Oh, they, they'd be fine. It, same thing as, as, as anywhere. I mean, I know a lot of the guys that come from wherever out West or down South, you know, West Virginia, Virginia, a lot of guys come up this way and will run, you know, with an outfit or whatever. And it, it always takes the dogs a little bit to get acclimated because we have a ton of water here, you know, streams and rivers right. and bogs. And the water always seems to be the big hang up for the dogs from away. But, you know, they figure it out. And once they, they figure it out, then it's game on. You know, I had um, one of my, I'll give you a real quick story of during bear season of, uh, this fellow, Mike Maglio, that's, he's hunted me for years, 20, over 20 something years. He's hunted me, bobcat and bear hunting. Well, he's got kids, you know, his daughter, Cassidy shot one like three years ago and she was 12. And then he brought his son Brockton this year, who was I think 12 as well. And, and they have, he lives in the Adirondacks of New York. And, um, so he's got a couple of his own dogs and he's trained bears there and, and um, so he had these couple young blue ticks and, you know, the first day we were on a bear and it, um, you know, as soon as it crossed like a river, the dogs were out. But Mr. Man, after that, they were like, those dogs learned like, all right, I need to cross this water if I'm going to be in the hunt. And Just go through. And they did, you know, and the, the best part of the whole deal was, I guess it was like Thursday, um, we get on a bear and we got his dogs in there, his two you know, Brockton's, he's all about the hounds, young, young kid, and just all about the hounds. And his two dogs get in on that chase and they treed the bear. And, uh, that was his first bear he killed. And so that was awesome, you know, to just, oh, that's cool. yeah. You know, to see his young dogs, like, I mean, they did awesome. He couldn't ask for him to do any better, but it's like, as soon as they figured out, damn, we get across this river if we want to be with those other dogs. And they were, they were running the catch after that. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You just got to jump the hurdles. That's right. No matter what it is. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Well, man, I probably better jump off. I'm going to help the guys answer some phones here, but I really appreciate you coming on. 
like I said, it's it's good to catch up with you. The only time the phone's not ringing in my ears on a podcast, so it's nice to catch up. Yeah, I know. Usually, I'm calling you about you know a caller or or something and uh, making an exchange or whatever. But so no, it is definitely good to catch up anytime. 